It was all a terrible, awful way to awaken. I spawned on the beachside, mostly naked, lying in the damp, gritty sand flat on my back. I woke gasping to catch my breath, blood pounding in my ears, my mind shrill with panic, and every last muscle intoxicated with adrenaline. A wash of bitter cold water swept across my toes, startling me to sit upright as I quickly drew my knees and toes tight to my chest away from the water. I was jittery and confused and afraid. Dazzling shoots of light bounced off the nearby seaside. My eyes strained to see past the blinding daylight. In those first few moments, unable to see or orient myself, what actually concerned me the most was the eerie realization that I had no memory whatsoever of where I was or what was happening to me. Immediately, I became aware of a hot, acute pain emanating from my lower left forearm. Cracking my eyes open, I peered closely at the fresh, still oozing wound, my fingers gingerly tracing the jagged, clotting edges. Embedded deep under my skin was a black, diamond-shaped plate, smooth and hard to the touch. Embossed on its surface was a gray insignia that I did not recognize. I didn't recognize anything about it, or this place I had woken up in. My gaze shifted out to the ocean, a vast, never-ending horizon of blue sky and calm sea blended together as far as the eye could see. Beach birds soared above in lazy arcs, carring at each other as they dove for food. To either side of me stretched out sandy coastlines. Beyond the sand dunes, rose a small, grassy plateau that disappeared into a thick, tropical jungle, dense and emerald green. As my eyes still adjusted, my ears picked up on the subtle sound, footsteps in the sand behind me. I staggered to my feet, swooning and splashing in the shallow water as the world spun and blurred with my sudden motion. Squeezing my eyes shut, I fought down the nausea with some deep breaths and gulps. My limbs went weak and wobbly, so I collapsed back to my knees. Hello? Who's there? The footsteps had stopped momentarily. A clear male voice spoke out to me. Hostile territory. I I don't understand. What is happening? Hostiles nearby. The male voice again reiterated, sounding numb and devoid of emotion. What? Hostiles? Where? Finally, my vision settled, and with a gasp, I quickly recognized what the man meant by a hostile. Only a few steps away, rearing up defensively on its back legs, was a creature I could not put a name to. It looked reptilian, but with quills and loose layers of skin, about the size of a small dog, very aggressive and prickly looking. With a rattle of the quills about its neck, it began to growl menacingly. Easy. I began to back away slowly, realizing that nausea or not, I needed to put some distance between me and this new little beast. Easy, small, crazy-looking reptile. 
In an impressive display of intimidation, fantastical fans and quills erupted all about its face, spasming and shaking together. It opened its mouth wide, exposing multiple rows of razor-edged teeth. I stumbled away quickly, taken aback by its sudden explosion of size. Stumbling up a sand dune to the grassy plateau above, I frantically looked around for the man behind the voice. Hello? What do I do now? Are you still there? Though I was retreating, the feisty reptile continued to back me across the plateau. It was carefully, cautiously, but determinedly stalking me. Hello! A little help, please! I tripped clumsily over a large piece of driftwood and went sprawling out into the grass with an oof. Taking advantage of my inopportune moment, the monster quickened its attack, lunging at me feverishly. I grabbed hold of the weather-worn log with new bravado and swung it wide across my torso. The bulk of the stick landed square across the reptile's snout, knocking him to the ground where he laid for a few moments stunned and subdued. This allowed me the time to get back on my feet. It was then that I realized that his size was an illusion, mostly frills around a bony structure. He looked skinny, perhaps malnourished, hungry, desperate for a next meal. Shaking out of his stupor, he turned back to me. Get! Get out of here! Go on! I brandished the stick harmlessly in the air a few more times, but neither of us were much bothered by it. His focus became fervent once more. No, I am not your lunch! He began to growl again, his quills and fans beginning to flare. As it drew back to hiss at me again, I stepped in close and smacked him across his body with enough force to again knock him to the ground, shattering most of my stick. Enough! Go get your supper somewhere else! Again towering over his little body, hoping to intimidate him with my size and send him fleeing. I realized a second too late that he was far from scared. With a sharp rebound, he lunged for my nose, quills and fans erupting. A sticky, green vomit spewed out wide, only narrowly missing my eyes as I recoiled. The green ick stung and sizzled against the flesh on my shoulder, instantly burning through a layer of skin, and then along my fingers when I attempted to wipe the goop off. I began to panic, thinking it was a poison that would soon incapacitate me. I intently wiped the substance away with the raggedy, thin white shirt I was wearing, while continuing to bob and weave away from the poisonous reptile, holding out my hand with the remnant of my broken stick. Come on now, let's just take it easy here. He snapped and snarled at my outstretched arm, so I threw the last of my stick and watched it bounce away pathetically. He didn't seem so little anymore. One bite, I remember thinking, from those razor-sharp teeth was going to tear my hand off. I turned to make a run for it, about to sprint away, it took all my strength to abruptly stop myself from plummeting over the edge of a 50-foot drop. Rocks skittered over the edge and tumbled down to the bottom of a large and wide gorge as I looked basically straight down. I realized the reptile had backed me into the corner of the plateau with nothing but ledges all around. He had trapped me. Sensing my predicament, the beast lunged. Already teetering on the edge, struggling to maintain balance, I dodged his bite, but next he swung with his talons. There was nowhere to go. My feet slipped from the edge. A scream caught in my throat as I cascaded away.
At the bottom, I lay on my stomach, face first, having tumbled into thorny brambles amid the large boulders. I kept perfectly still as I calculated whether anything was broken. The fall had been quick and ghastly, leaving me scratched and covered in dirt with aches all over, but otherwise unscathed. Honestly, I was shocked to be alive, and conscious even. Others, it turns out, had suffered far worse fates than me. From behind came a loud and agonizing groan as a heavy hand landed on the flat of my back. I jolted in fear, my stomach flipping, head quickly spinning. I was nose to nose with a grotesquely swollen, half-dead-looking fella who was sprawled out in the thorny bush beside me. His puffy eyes stared haggardly into mine as he tried to gurgle something to me, blood and spit sputtering up from his lungs. Instantly, I was on my feet. I resisted the urge to run, recognizing immediately that this man was gravely injured. He was torn up badly. His torso and entire side slashed the bits from deep, still oozing gouges. Sticks and stones alone did not cause this. A predator had done this. My thoughts instantly went to the small reptile that had chased me off the cliff. I scanned the ridge horizon, but he was nowhere in sight. A quick look around revealed no other dangers. I had to help this man. When I made a move towards him, the man recoiled in agony, afraid of me and aggravating his injuries. Whoa, it's okay. I just want to help, okay? The man remained tense, gurgling incomprehensibly. He was afraid, but we really didn't have a choice. He was certain to die if I didn't do something. He had already lost too much blood. It congealed in a pool beside him and stained the nearby grass that he had dragged himself through. Take it easy, okay? I'm just going to help, I said, hands raised in the air as I slowly knelt beside him. My quivering hands hovered and paused over the many areas that needed tending. A fit of weak coughs overcame him then as his body tried to purge the blood from his lungs. He was lying on his back. Look, look, you need to be on your side. That will help the blood drain from your lungs, okay? His fit of gurgles continued as he struggled to keep his eyes open and on me. I'm just going to roll you onto your side, okay? Convinced it was the right thing to do for him, I rolled his body until he was lying on his side. He let out a shrill, tormented groan as I did so, but was too weak to object or resist. Slowly the puddle of blood began to drain from his mouth, and I hoped from his lungs. I began to inspect the shredded side of his body, picking little sticks and stones out of the mangled bits of cloth and flesh. He wasn't gushing blood from his flesh wounds, so I counted that as a positive. He had applied a tourniquet to his arm. I grimaced, realizing it had been gnawed to the bone on the forearm. His leg and ribs were wrapped in already bloody bandages, but they were holding steady, not sopped with fresh blood. He had been through the worst of it, his body now critical and consumed by exhaustion. I'm, I'm not sure what I can do. There was no response. I realized he was very quiet, too quiet, his eyes closed. Hey, hey, don't die on me. I shook him fervently, causing him to rouse from his stupor in a writhe of agony. Oh, gee, sorry, man. Try to stay awake, though, okay? But it did no good. He was already drifting back into unconsciousness. I stood up, perusing my surroundings. What kind of place was this where people were left out to die in the open? Surely there must be people, people that could help. I needed to find them. Where was the man who had spoken to me in the very beginning? Hello? Is anyone out here? 
I walked a few paces away, following the blood trail that the half-dead man had created, my tender, bare feet picking my way carefully through the thornbrush. There certainly wasn't anyone down here in this wide-open, dried-up riverbed. My eyes went to the ridge above. I called out some more, perhaps hoping the wind would catch the sound of my voice. Rocks rustled and skittered at the top of the ridge, footsteps approaching. Hello! I called out ecstatic, hope soaring. First the snout, and then the head of the filthy little reptile popped over the ridge, peering straight down on me with a victorious trill. Immediately he began to search for a safe way down the slope. Unsure what I was going to do, but knowing that I couldn't leave the half-dead guy to fend for himself, I hurried back. Searching for more rocks and sticks to brandish as weapons, I then miraculously stumbled across a metal hatchet and metal spear. They had been tossed out in the grass, handles wrapped in rawhide, presumably belonging to the injured man. In the greatest of reliefs, I scooped them up elatedly. The weapons felt sturdy and hefty in my grip. The reptile had found his way to the bottom. I could hear him getting closer, twigs and thorns snapping underfoot. He's not that big, just an illusion, I reminded myself. I would have to be fast and nimble, but I was sure I could outmaneuver this frail creature. Ayite, let's get this over with, I bellowed at him. Reciprocating my intensity, he drew back with gusto, talons flexing, fins flaring, growling viciously from deep in his throat. Balancing low on the balls of my feet, I was ready to dodge from the incoming poison, confident with my new weapons in hand. I knew what to expect, and this time, someone was counting on me. I shuffled uneasily, certain to keep a close eye on the reptile before me, as a pall fell over the whole valley. Birds took to the sky. Critters I didn't even know were there scurried away. My own little feisty beast suddenly cowered, returning to his skinny little self with a whimper. He shot me one last wistful glance as he scampered off. Even the half-dead unconscious man woke from his oblivion, moaning in anguish as he struggled to pull himself upright. "'Hey, whoa, take it easy, okay?' I said, rushing back to his side to assist him. Do you know what that was? He gurgled incoherently, coughing up more blood as he attempted to stand. I dropped the spear and hatchet to sling his arm across the back of my shoulders, hoping to hold him steady. Oh, jeez, take it easy. It sounded pretty far away. I, I don't think we have to worry. Another roar ripped through the jungle closer. The man tried to take a feeble step forward, but he was a full-sized man and I could not hold his weight. His strength gave way, and he careened back to the bushes, yelping in pain as he landed harshly. He was struggling to breathe, clasping his lower leg just above his ankle. "'Just relax, okay?' I demanded more harshly, pinning his body upright against the boulder so he could breathe better. "'You're only going to make matters worse.' Alive with new energy, the man shoved me off his torso and attempted to reach for the spear. Instead, he collapsed awkwardly, passing out. There was an earth-rattling boom. A chorus of gunfire mixed with the sound of automobile engines and the rumbling of an angry beast from deep down within the forested gorge. The same gorge that we were in, I realized. The ruckus was definitely headed our way.
Hello, you have been listening to The Ruckus, the first episode of Rise, The Will to Survive, an epic sci-fi adventure. Produced by Legend and Lark, narrated by Samantha Thorson, adapted for audio by J.J. Wang, illustrated by James Duffy, music by Cody Martin, sound effects by Soundstripe and or Filmmasters, and a special thanks to Julian Johnson Mortimer for his visual effects media. And to everyone who has bothered to listen to the end, thank you very much.